We're recording. You doing it again? What's but up, I man? love it. Yeah, that's insane. We're talking the past, present, and future of the one thing in all of this video. I love it. I miss this. It's been way too long. Dude. Way too long. Way too freaking long. Looks like the American people have made a decision since we last spoke oh uh, about who's going to be our chief. Oh my God. Uh, Oh my god, chief! Uh, I don't know, chief executive. I guess he's our chief executive. It's so depressing, man. He or she? Oh dang! I did say he. Wow. You did. That's Are scary. you acknowledging that uh, mm. President Donald Trump is going to be your next? Shit, don't even say that. Godly, don't even say that. Oh my god. Um, no, you know it's you know the American people have spoken. And the presumptive nominee for the Republican Party is Donald J. Trump. How does that make you feel? Confused. Confused. Why do you say that? Because, you know, we was discussing this a little bit. You have he had more people in the Republican primary has voted for Donald Trump than any other presidential candidate in, in history. But at the same time, his unfavorable rates is the worst in history for a presumptive nominee. So I look at this and I say, how is that possible? And it makes me think through or think to the system that we're in that can allow someone who is so unfavorable to win the election based on the rules that are in place. So it leaves me a little confused. Is it the American people as a whole or was it people just stand at home because they feel so Unrepresented. I, I just don't know. So I'm in a state of confusion. I mean, I, you, are you following me? Did that answer your question? I don't know. What is that called, Tyler? I don't know. I think we've gone, and many people have gone round and round, um, and I guess a state of denial about what the Trump candidacy means for America, and. Uh, Coming out of the primary process, and admittedly, we're not all the way done yet. Um, you know, I was looking at some statistics a minute ago. Uh, Hillary Clinton's unfavorable rating, uh, according to the Real Clear Politics uh, composite average, is about a 56% unfavorable, which is incredibly high. Donald Trump is a, a 58, which is incredibly high. Uh, I, I mean, you asked me a direct question about Donald Trump and how I feel about him. My feelings towards Hillary Clinton are not great either. The fact that we have these two here representing, it really blows my mind. Like I, I, I know a lot of great folks in this country, and I think about all of the great leaders, and to be down to these two, it really baffles me because I think we're so much better than the representation that these two pr provide for us. So looking forward then, what does that say about our political discourse? Is it time, let me put it differently. Is it time to stop with the personal attacks on either of these two candidates and, and to get down to a, a debate on the substantive issues? 
if that's even possible. Well, I don't know. That's a good question because I don't. Everyone's complicit here. Uh, It's not just Donald J. Trump, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Rodham Clinton is a product of the environment that has been set. And today's world of reality TV show entertainers not being seen as entertainers, but also seen equally as leaders just because they can read a script or they can dunk a ball or they can catch a a football pass as put them in a position to be intellectual um, barometers for this, this, this country, I think, has just as much to do with the rise of Donald Trump as the individual who has feel disenfranchised and feel like that Donald J. Trump or Hillary Clinton is representative of them. Do you see Hillary Clinton and and Donald Trump as, um, I guess, different sides of the same coin, or are they different coins? Because when I look at it, I I see Hillary Clinton as, as the consummate politician. I mean, she is a politician's politician, the ultimate insider. You can't get more establishment than her. I mean, she, if there's a neocon warmongering element to the Democratic Party, that's her. I, I, I think it's two different coins, but I think there's comfort in both of the coins where you look at Donald, Donald Trump, Mr. Trump, um, I think. The whole make American great again, to me, touches on a lot of fears that historically has motivated people. Um, you know, I hear make America great again, and I can hear make America white again. And it's not in the sense of make America white because we don't want a black president. But I see make America white because I'm tired of feeling guilty about my whiteness that I've been in the last 10, 15, 10 years, particularly eight years specifically, I should say that my whiteness has been on trial and I had to defend it. And Donald Trump has provided for a lot of white folks the ability to say, just because I feel a certain way about a certain group of people doesn't make me a racist or a bigot. Just as I feel. So the make America great again is essentially a way to make America white again and feel comfortable in my whiteness. Does that make sense? Um, I'm trying to fill in some of the gaps there based on a lot of our other conversations, but um, I, I guess where I struggle with that thought is, you know, Donald Trump ran for president in the party that had a black candidate, whereas the Democratic Party, presumably, you know, as the the media would have it, the the party of the minority, and yet all three of the uh, leading Democratic candidates coming into 2016 were all... Establishment white people. So no, 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 that's a great point. Um, but I think you're actually helping me make my point because it goes back to the feeling versus the visual. That's why I said it's not in a, the sense of just black and white. So having a black person running and a viable candidate 
it's okay if he's saying the things that I want to say to make me feel better about myself. So if if Ben Carson's up there saying, you know, Black Life Matters needs to chill out, well, you're helping me feel more comfortable with my white guilt. So it doesn't matter who's giving that message, as long as that message is making me feel better um, about who I am and feeling comfortable to be able to say I can be proud of my whiteness. I mean, look, look, look at the whole Beyonce formation, the Super Bowl, um, the Super Bowl performance. Do you do you recall that? Yeah. And, you know, they represent the Black Panthers and the whole conversation. If someone was up there doing that KK and they almost KKK, they try to make a comparison between the two, which is nowhere near the same. But it was there. And I, I saw that as an example of where white people were saying, okay, it's okay for her to go up there and say she's proud to be black. But the moment I say I'm proud of my whiteness, I'm shut down, I'm shot down or considered a, a racist. And I think that feeling is deep amongst a lot of white folks. I think we don't have sure, that conversation. Right. It's like the example of, uh, that I hear, you know, uh, I mean, sort of not in open discourse, but people mm-hmm. will say, well, if they can have a black entertainment television, why can't we have a white entertainment television? Exactly. And I'm like, well, because if you abbreviate it, it sounds like a porn site. <laughs> wet. Come watch wet all night long. Um, but, but, but I say that not to discount the underlying feeling of, you know, again, it kind of goes back to the thought we've explored before, which is... Um, you know, why well, I don't want to be culpable for all the the ills that it, that my that other white people have have uh, exactly taken on mm-hmm. years before. So I'm trying to move forward. Why don't you move along forward with me? It, it's you're forcing me back. You're pushing me into this. You know, this white box. establishment, this white guilt box, and right. I'm trying to move forward. Um, yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's actually even deeper than just the white and black issue. It goes into um, the Muslims, uh, goes into immigrants, it goes to anything that perceive that's not America, not American, I should say. And predominantly, America has been white centric. So the the notion of what America um, embodies are those things that a lot of the white culture embodies, if that makes sense. So you're saying it's a play to fear? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, it's the it's the trick in the book, oldest trick in the book. I mean, it's nothing new. I mean, if you look at most of the quarrels and conflicts, and even um, the accomplishments, the strongest strongest emotion to evoke to see that change. Um, comes with fear. So think about this. The majority of the immigrants that comes in here, they end up doing jobs that none of us want to do. It's just the reality of it. Sure. The people who are doing the most complaining, are you here saying these people suck in our resources? It's the same people who wouldn't go do sanitize, sanitary work or construction, hard nose. Those those are the same people who won't do those things. But, and this is kind of to a Bernie Sanders point, the same people on the other side of the spectrum, you know, essentially took us into the worst recession since the Great Depression, but yet still no executive have been arrested. 
Um, so where does the anger go towards that direction versus to the immigrants who at the end of the day really have very limited impact on your, on your current standard of living or current situation? Um, Hmm, good question. Let me ask you this slightly differently. Uh, since you talk about fear and uh, presumably you were talking about irrational fears. Absolutely. Uh, what do you think about the transgender bathroom debate? Do you think it's a debate? I mean, obviously it's a debate. We're having it. We're, we're discussing it right now. But before you answer, I just want to answer my own question. Because I got to say from the outset, I don't really want to be talking about this at all because I feel like it's a sizable minority, not even sizable. It's a, it's, it's a tiny, tiny minority, minority who are uh, stoking the flames of fear in order to uh, propel their own political ambitions or political fundraising. I don't think this is a real issue um, in a practical sense. I think it's a real issue only in the minds of those who are struck by the fear of what could be. Absolutely. I mean, again, I'm sure that we have, we have all been in bathrooms with transgenders of the opposite sex who is posing as the sex of whomever bathroom they are in. And you had no clue about it. You went in, you did your business, you wash your hands. Well, some people, a lot of people don't wash their hands, but that's a whole nother Those are really the people who deserve scorn. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and you never thought anything about it. Now, how much is this is even a transgender pushing this? Like, I mean, the whole bathroom situation to me is such a non-factor. I don't, I don't understand like why we're discussing it. And I certainly welcome anyone who's listening who is a member of the transgender community uh, to correct me if I'm wrong here. And you can Same check here. out, check out our, our website at insanitypodcast.com and leave some feedback. But I, I don't hear the push for transgender bathrooms originating out of the transgender community at all. Right. I hear the, the calls for uh, a separation um, coming out of the, the far right. And, and really, let's be clear, I don't think the concern is that uh, women or transgender women are coming into the male bathroom is really what people are concerned about as much uh, as it is uh, men or fe the fear that men posing or claiming to be transgender men or transgender women, I forget which way it goes. Yeah, that's right. Going into a women's bathroom is really the problem. And by the way, let me just say that I can completely understand why a woman would not want uh, a man to come into their bathroom because I've been in men's bathrooms and I know the smells that they're capable of. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want. I, you know, no. I wish we could vote. You know, some of those guys out of the I've We're not going in that conversation. But uh, you're you're right. You're absolutely correct. Um, the fear is real now. Where I do have a problem is when we have a government that comes in and says that any public institution has to accommodate transgenders, um, particularly when we start talking about public schools um, from a middle school um, or even elementary standpoint. To me, that's very irresponsible of leaders to think that a teenager or preteen has the ability to identify who they are 
as a gender to the point to where you make 99.9% of the population uncomfortable with having to deal with a male who says, I feel like a female and I'm going to use the bathroom as a preteen. The ability for a teenager or a preteen to make that decision, in my opinion, is not one that we should be entrusting to them to make that decision. Well, I'll say one of the things that, as I've, I've heard this debate and uh, I've been exposed to it before, um, you know, we don't really have a huge population. I guess I, I maybe I just don't interact with those folks enough to, to pay attention. Sorry. But I, I don't really pay enough attention to the issues confronting the transgender community. But one of the things that, that I was struck by in an article that I read the other day that highlighted one of the issues um, when it relates to transgender folks is that in so many other facets of life, the message is love who you are. Love who you are. Uh, whether you're a, a thin person or a big person, love who you are. Love who you are, whether you are uh, a black person, a Latino person, an Asian person, a white person, um, in between, a mix, uh, whatever. Love your skin as it is. Love love your body, love your skin, um, love yourself. And yet, for some reason, when it comes to the transgender question, there doesn't appear to be a genuine message of love your biologically endowed self. You know, no one, at least that I can hear other than uh, the right, you know, and and I guess all these things I'm talking about generally come out of the left, Mm -hmm. you know, in a traditional sense. I don't hear the message. Love your body as it is. Don't, Cut yourself. Don't mutilate your genitals. Don't transform yourself. Love who you are. I don't hear that message, and I find that uh, tragically ironic. No, I completely agree with you. I, I I don't understand the line of thinking. It's almost a double standard there, as you so brilliantly pointed out, that if individuals and the whole notion is to love yourself, your skin color, where you're from, your hair texture, Why does that cut off at sex? It makes very little sense to me, um, as well as you just articulated. So when faced with that question, I'm not a transgender guy. I can't, I I, I pose this to a couple of my other friends. It's like, how do you know what a woman feels like if you're not a woman? I mean, what what does it mean to even feel be a woman is it a physical appearance is a preference of what type of sex you're attracted to i mean what does it mean to be a man but yet to to say i feel like a woman what what is that feeling like how do you even know sure well my my point is simply that you know if if you are uh a, a man biologically. And by the way, I'm, I am setting aside that category of people who are intersex or who are, uh, genetically. Right. I guess atypical. Right. You know, we're talking about X, X, Y or X, Y, X or X, Y, Y chromosomal balances. So I'm, I'm setting aside that tiniest of, of subsets and, and saying that those people who, you know, are born uh, with, uh, a, 
penis and, and testicles. If you feel like you connect more with the social construct of what a, a woman is, right? You, you like to, yeah. I don't know, whatever the typical woman behaviors are. I don't know. I can't describe them without making people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just yeah. roll with Why not say, hey, uh, that's cool to be a man and love those things. You know, I have a cousin who uh, he and his wife are, are raising their kids to embrace the idea of, you know, uh, if you want to wear a princess dress, that's fine. Just acknowledge you're, you know, you're still a dude. Right. 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 You, well, I mean, I think it goes to, a and I, I love, you know, do whatever. At the end of the day, I want, I just want people to be happy and I want people to find self-satisfaction. I just, I'm concerned that at what point do you, uh, where do you draw the line? Where do you draw a line? And can you even draw a line in so many of these ways? Well, and I think that's where you open a can of worms. One thing that you can, I can, you could visually see with me is that I'm a black man. It's no quite you. I can tell you that I'm a white man as much as I want to, but you can look directly at me and say, Mo, no, you're not. You're a black man. I'm looking at you. I don't know where you is. You may feel like you're white. You may act like you're white. But at the end of the day, you are a black man. Right. Period. It's not subjective. It's 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 very specific and it, and it can be proven. But when, here, that's the that's the problem with trying to legislate these things and make them a law. It's like, how do you prove it? All right, let me let me let me check out your dick. Let me see that thing. And that's my point. I like, never work. How can we go there? And keep trying to legislate people's feelings. You can't do it. You can't do it. Um, now, when you start talking about, I think it's different between transgender and being gay. Because oh, it's a totally different, to, it's different a totally questions. different conversation. Yeah. Because that's who you're trying to have sex with. Exactly. It's not what my sex is, and that is two different things. So to think that again, going back to my example regarding schools and trying to mandate that and if you don't do it then you lose your federal funding like to me that's asinine that is yeah. irresponsible as adults to try to put that in there to legislate feelings yeah. and that's what we're doing right now i just don't know how in a practical sense it could ever work and and still genuinely respect the rights of the, the same people we're talking about you know if, if you're a biological male and, and you want to say because you're a 15 year old dude whose hormones are out of control, and you just are like, wait, if I identify as a female, I can go in the girls' locker room in high school, which, by the way, sounds like the ultimate dream Absolutely. of a 15-year-old. Sounds at least of a, a heterosexual man's perspective. If I can just say I feel like a woman, I can go in the women's shower. That seems wrong. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if I'm a... 15-year-old biological male who genuinely feels like I should be a woman, how do you respect that person? And I don't know how you draw that line because ultimately... The dog, I, the dog that cries wolf. Right. You go into how that often, scenario. How often are you allowed to change how you identify? Yeah. Like, this week I feel... Uh, like a woman, but this week I feel like a man because it's you know football season. I got to go to practice. Yeah, you, I I don't know how you do that uh, with a law in a way that allows you to consistently enforce it. Because oh by the way, so many of the things that we're afraid of already are illegal. You cannot have sex with children. 
You cannot have sex with people who don't say yes. Uh, you cannot stare at other people who are naked. You certainly can't touch them. I mean, these are all things that are already illegal. Right. We have laws against them. Right. Um, which is all to say that I don't know what to do about other than, you know, let's keep creepers away. But I don't know how you do that with a rule. Well, I think here's the other side of that coin. You know, everyone is saying you have to bend how you feel towards this point oh one or oh oh one, whatever that percentage is, to make them feel comfortable. Well, what about the other side of well, you being yourself to go to the bathroom that's gonna take three minutes out your life to go to the sex that you are? Like, is it really gonna hurt you or damage you mentally that much that you go to the bathroom to where you physically are, understanding that people don't understand that as well as you do, and you move on with life? Right. Like, why do you? We have to continue to have issues like this, and the point oh 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 one dictates what the ninety nine percent has to do. And, to and do. you know, I look at organizations like uh, Kroger grocery stores who you know. They they put a sign. Uh, their their policies essentially, and and I applaud them for it. And they have a, a unisex bathroom that's designed for people who don't feel comfortable in one of the gender specific bathrooms, or people you know fathers with a young daughter, mothers with a young son. You know, it's a, it's an opportunity if you go to the bathroom alone, which you know is a great answer. My only you know I guess bone to pick with that is uh, one that well. I don't have a, a problem with their, their policy. I just have a problem with the idea that, again, that same 0.0001% can then force people to spend tens of thousands of dollars in the construction of new buildings. Right. You know, and to make that bathroom. And, you know, quite frankly, I, I think it's a good thing to have that bathroom alternative. But when it becomes a part of the building code and then you don't have an option anymore, you know, I don't know. I, I just I don't know what to do about this. I think I think we're right now we're overreacting to a it's a problem, but is it a problem on the sense that it's affecting Americans on as a whole every day? No. I mean, you know, individual on an individual basis, yes. But are people really losing sleep because of transgenders? No. Which, by the way, brings me back to our original point, or my original point at least. Isn't it really a debate? It's not really a debate. It's It's really not. It's not an issue. These politicians are playing to fears of of people because, you know, none of us wants others to be attacked. And I just feel guilty that we got sucked into it. Well, I don't. I don't feel guilty because I mean it's it's okay to have conversations, and we're gonna look back at these conversations fifteen years from now, and we're gonna say how silly were we, and that really wasn't a big issue, but they completely overact. And I think it goes back to the point I made earlier. Um, if Kate Jenner, Caitlyn, is it Caitlyn? I think so. It's Caitlyn. Caitlyn Jenner or Bruce Jenner, however you want to call him or her, her because that's what she's she's right. asking. Um, you know. If that didn't happen, do we find ourselves in the same situation today? You know, going back to my point of reality show stars or entertainers, let's group them together, entertainers becoming these moral barometers in 
respected as these intellectuals who have great knowledge on how society should act as a whole, um, I think is still a result of this. Well, I mean, just pick, pick, pick a, a little bit of a bone with that. And, and that's to say that uh, while I, I certainly agree that uh, uh, pop culture stars seem to have a disproportionate impact in our public discourse, um, I, I, I will say that I think it's important that they highlight aspects of society that otherwise we would leave unnoticed. And like so many conversations that here on the Insanity Podcast we've tried to have that are difficult, you know, we're, we're certainly not going to resolve anything today. But by having the conversation about what is the role, uh, how does society interact with transgender folks, we then are able to begin to accept people who are unlike ourselves. My only, my only reticence, my reluctance in it all is, you know, in our quest to be accepting of others, I think too easily we concede the right to say, eh, no. Right. Eh, too far. Too far. Eh, you know, you haven't done, you know, I guess that's my point is it, that everyone in there are rushed to be the open-minded. To be PC. To be PC. That's why Trump's so attractive. He's people not. People say, yeah, right. That maybe that's it. Maybe that's that's the, part of it. I don't think it's a, a a once you fit all. And we know we stopped that conversation earlier, but just kind of backtracking to that, I think is making you know por- portion portions of that is making America feel white again or make America white again. I said, but also to that is I'm just tired of feeling guilty in general. Like right. I, I don't because. I don't know I disagree how to, I don't know how to say no in a way that I don't know how to say no in a way that doesn't get me labeled as a sexist, as a racist, as exactly. a bigot, as a exactly. uh, whatever a transgender hater is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how, a homophobic. Well, mm-hmm. th- those are different. A homophobic. You know, y- you get what I'm saying. Right? How do you how do you say enough? Like that that goes across my line, I, and I'm not real good at defining what my line is, but that's but too I far. know it in here. My I, right, I feel it. Like culturally, it's too far. Right, and unfortunately, I think that we've become so dependent then on government to say, "Give us the answer." Exactly, and, and not enough people say enough. You know, community leaders to and, say. and 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 hear this, podcasters, and hear this, American citizens. Government does not supposed to give us the answers. We supposed to give the government the answers and they supposed to represent those answers in the way that they and their leadership can position what our um, issues are in a way to come to solutions for them. That's what they supposed to do. They are our representations of American people and how we feel, not the other way around to where they govern us to tell us how we should feel. And quite frankly, I think we are in a society now that not only look to these government or back to my, my, my point of entertainers instead of the community leaders who are in their homes or in their Communities that supposed to rise them up and set that moral, um, set that um, bar- moral barometer for the community in which they live and how they govern themselves, and it's scary. I mean, it's where we live in. I guess my my hope is just that you know, as we've done so many times, is to reiterate 
the fact that conversation matters and that we've got to continue talking about it in a way that allows people uh, the freedom, the, the space to say, hey, you know, that's not exactly how I feel. And in, instead of vilifying people who, who feel may not agree, who feel differently. I feel differently than you, and that's okay. That's okay. If I don't want to be around gay people, well, I don't go to a great gay bar. Right. That simple. Like, I mean, it's not rocket science. You being in my presence, it's not going to hurt me. And a matter of fact, there's a lot of people in your presence that you have no clue about, and they're there all the time. And guess what? You you make it home safely. You eat your food just fine. You watch a movie, your movie just fine too. Get over yourself. Right. Deal with it. And they and I think to my last point, I'm going to say my last one, but to this point, that line that we're setting right now, we're telling other people to deal with it at the expense of other other people feeling so now you tell me i have to deal with it but they don't have to deal with it and it's dangerous we can't we can't continue to do that sure sure um well i i think that probably brings us to the end of uh episode 10 episode 10 wow what we wow what are, we, what are we doing now wow we committed to 10 didn't we that's what we, we did. did we had 10 Hmm. Should we leave our podcast or wondering will there be eleven or well, what we should do? Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Insanity Podcast. We'll catch you next time. We out. Bye bye. Peace, homies. Working, working. <laughs> <laughs>